Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie and today I've got Christian on the show. He is a serial entrepreneur and investor, entertainment agent and the CEO of Resist Entertainment Group. Born in Hawaii and currently based out of Phoenix, Christian has helped guide over 500 sports, music and other talented individuals to a path of strategizing, marketing and budgeting their independent careers. He's well known for his influence in the music world being deemed a super agent by the majority of his clients and have developed his own music distribution, marketing and recording companies. He's truly thriving and he truly believes in persistence and perseverance and I think this is going to be a brilliant chat. Hey Christian, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Hey, hey, I'm glad to be here, finally. (laughs) Finally, I know it took some... It's taken us forever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's good to finally do this. Um, so oh, yeah. it's so good to have you and, and you're somebody doing something completely different to all my other guests. So I'm really excited to talk to you about all of that, about your journey. And um, so tell us about, because you're the CEO of um, a company called Resist Entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us about how this was born and kind of like the process leading up to it. Yeah, um, it, it started i mean i've always wanted to be a sports agent and talent agent since i was like really young i had a guy introduce me to the world i mean of sports agents like when i was like 12 and so from there it um it just i don't know i've always had that fire so i became a licensed sports agent when i was about 22 years old and for an agent that's really really young you know we don't have very much experience and most artists or athletes they always want to sign to somebody who has more experience so I started to develop uh, just like these other resources. So my best friend was a cinematographer. Um, I had another friend who was a photographer. We built and bought out um, a photo studio. So it just started to cultivate what Resist is today, which is, you know, and then I started, I stopped focusing on mainstream and really started focusing on the independent world and helping not only what most, most agents will do is they'll only take clients who have you know, a certain amount of revenue already coming in. Well, I decided that I actually wanted to build up talent and then I wanted to create the celebrities or create the fame or whatever first and then represent that person as well as they became more successful. So, um, I mean, there's a whole lot behind it. And at that point, we were, the company was started, it was called Global Phenoms. Um, Up until September of last year, we changed the name to Resist uh, just because, they, they both have the same motto, the same vibe. It's just that more people can relate to the word resist. They understand it more clear where phenoms is a, a made up word. So, um, so yeah, it's just about truly cultivating independent um, success, understanding where success comes from and that success isn't just money, but success for us for resist is, is freedom. It's, you know, you can sign to your Warners or to your bigger name labels or whatever else, but you're going to miss out on the freedom aspect of it is that you are now, you know, engulfed into their system and you have to pay back or you owe somebody or whatever it is. You no, know, resist is the opposite. It's just about truly giving you the resources that you need to succeed while not taking away your freedom, helping you become a better version of you and giving you more freedom. And, and success is, is not about how much money you have, but it's just about the freedom you acquire while you live. 
True, true. So would you consider yourself being a little bit more boutique in that in that sense as a as a talent management company? Yeah, um, you know, the goal is to be the largest or, or most powerful. It, it's like you, you have your Warners or your AT&T's, you have these big companies, but I want to be known as just as powerful as them and just as large as them. But uh, just not as with a separate business model. That's all is you have the ability to sign to Def Jam or to a major, or you can sign to resist and own your stuff. You know what I mean? And boutique is, is, it's a cool, it's a, I think it's probably the best word to describe it, but I mean, we're 400 clients in, you know, we're as big <laughs> as some of the majors, you know, so. Yeah, so not exactly can, boutique. Not exactly boutique, but um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of where we're aiming, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 And what, what do you think, like, what, what do you guys do, which really enhances the talent that you, you bring on board? How are you able to take that raw talent and really create this kind of branding around that person, uh, which, which is required to kind of accelerate them to the next level? It's, um, it's about the strategy. You know, a, a lot of independent talent in general lack strategy. They lack purpose. You know, we start from the foundation of of the mentality of the client before we even sign them. You know, it's not just about how they look and if they have great talent, I always say talent only makes up 10% of what makes a, a, a someone successful. The rest of it is branding, marketing, uh, money, push, all of that. So we really do start, we, we start from the foundation of the talent saying, you know, what type of mentality you need to have to succeed, understanding um, what type of strategy you're gonna need to put in place then, you know, breaking down a budget of what it's going to take to become to that, to get to that next level. And then truly understanding just what success is and changing that for what a lot of people believe success is. You see money, cars, girls, all this other stuff. This, and, and it's not success, you know, that's in a lot of sense, it's, it's slavery. They're still enslaved in that world that they're in. And so people aren't there, the connection between what's successful and what's not is not there so we're just you know for us when it comes for that branding i mean we have every resource that every major label has i know because they used to pay me to do it they would fly me wherever to do it for their talent these labels don't even know what they're doing half the time they're using a boutique agency like me to to build up their clients names so it comes down to everything though i mean we have radio um digital all digital marketing aspects of it from influencer marketing to Facebook ads. You know, um, of course, there's the playlisting aspect of it on Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal. There's so many things that, that really tie into cultivating that. It's just about where the client is in their career and what they need right now, you know, instead of just trying to give them everything at once. It's all about strategy to make sure they don't, they don't kind of blow, they don't blow all their resources too soon. What, in your opinion, is like the success mantra in terms of the, the artists that you've signed on and you've really seen them go to 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 an, to reach a new level? But obviously, it's just it, it's the relationship between both you as an agent and them as an artist and the work they're putting in. So, if there's kind of like a mantra you have in terms of like the qualities you're looking for um, in the artists you represent in terms of their you know their mindset and. Um, the way they see themselves uh, in the future developing and, you know, what, what their idea of success is. I'm sure there has to be some kind of sinkage between you guys. 
Um, so what would that kind of mantra be for you? You know, um, it's, it's funny. Most clients don't come to me with the correct mind state. You know, a lot of them are, are coming to me talking about they're going to, they want a deal and they want this and that's fine. Uh, you know, the, to get a deal is not a big deal to me. I mean, a lot of my clients, I just had another client sign um, to 1017 in Atlanta last or two weeks ago. So it's not a big deal, but you know, the idea of, of where we will need to, to click. And I mean, not everyone has to say, you know, and has to accept my independent idea. That's the best part about resist is that you are free. You can, you can take a deal if you want. So they're not forced to be independent, but what they are, they're forced to learn. So they have to come in with an open mentality of understanding that we're not pushing you to go viral. We're not pushing you. I mean, if viral happens, that's great, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to build consistently day after day, week after week, month after month, until you have a cult-like fan base built around you that ultimately can pay you, that ultimately can pay all of your bills. So they need to come in with a humble mind state of you know, being more, I guess, collectively building rather than rather than some kind of overnight idea i i if someone if a client comes to me talking about they want to blow they want to be famous by next month that's usually where we we split and i say you know because that's just you're asking for you're asking for a letdown you're asking for a failure you know there when somebody sets their their expectations too high for an industry that just doesn't you have to come in with a lot of money for that to happen and most clients don't have that so, and you've, you've developed a music distribution and recording company as well. So did this come out of, um, did this come out of like a need to, to, you felt like that something was missing that you wanted to kind of, you wanted to kind of fill that gap or what ignited you to, uh, to do something in the space of music? Yeah, it was about just, um, owning if for, from a business standpoint, you say you want, we want to own a larger piece of the market share, you know, um, from just a personal standpoint, it's just about being able to provide more for my clients. You know, like I was saying earlier, resist is nothing but a conglomerate of resources to help every client that I have. So it's not so, so it's not just based off of what relationship I have or the company has. It's based off of what we have in house. You know, you, we're, what people like to call a one-stop shop. You know, you can come to get a photo shoot. You can come get your video recorded. Now it's just an additional thing to say, oh, well, we also distribute your music as well. You know, um, there's not a lot of Black-owned distribution companies, uh, and they don't, and a lot of people don't see the value in distribution companies and understanding where they actually make their money from, because sometimes we take such a small percentage. But at the end of the day, uh, this was just an added resource. You know, you don't have to use you know, your, your 300s or your whoever else company is out there, you actually have this in-house. It's a, it's a system where you can see somebody face-to-face. -face, you can talk to an individual. And that's what independence needs. Independent artists or independent talent in general, they need guidance. They need someone to speak to. Your distro kit is great, but you're only going to get an email. You're never going to talk to somebody face-to-face. -face. You know, your other companies like 300 are great, but at the end of the day, you're only gonna be able to log, or you're only gonna be able to give your music to someone and they're gonna upload it. You're missing, there's a gap where you're missing um, 
control. You're missing with DistroKid, you're missing the guidance with the, the other larger distribution companies. You're missing the control. Somebody else is controlling when your music gets released or mm -hmm. how it gets released. Um, they're controlling the numbers. You know, they get to see the numbers before you get to see the numbers, which means that, the, which means you don't always know if it's, you're not comfortable to know if that, if that's really what you're supposed to be paid. Where that, that, that other gap is, the guidance is there along with the, um, along with the ability to give you all the control that you want. You can see everything. You can see your numbers. You can see how well you're doing. You can withdraw your funds directly and put them in your own account. So you're getting kind of the best of both worlds. And, and that's what independent artists need is they need to know, they need to be in the know and they need to be given guidance. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely say guidance is, is a huge thing for sure. Even for, for me in terms of my acting experience, I think finding an agent who really understands that and who guides you is just so like valuable. Um, yeah. Were you obviously you started really young, but not everyone you know knows their their calling or has you know like their heart set on that one goal at such a young age. And this series is all about purpose. So would you say that I mean for you it started young, but was there ever a period before that where you were kind of uncertain whether this is really what you want to do, and was there anything kind of holding you back? Yeah, I mean when I started, you know, I so. I started as an athlete, you know, I, I, for a while, you know, as much as I did want to be a sports agent and talent agent, which was on my heart, um, I tried everything under the sun to try to make fast money. I was like, yo, let's try, let's try and play sports. You know, baseball was my thing. And then, um, you know, I was doing the college game and all that other stuff. So I don't think I was uncertain. I think I was just exploring, you know, but your purpose and your it's it's gonna it's gonna come back to you you know it came back around 360 and hit me right in the face or whatever and i was just like oh this is what i'm supposed to do and it, it literally came like at the snap of a finger i was playing baseball and something that i didn't want to do, you know i said i don't i don't want to do this anymore i really do want to focus on my my passion which is which is you know being an agent so Woke up, took a test, decided this is where I wanted to go, dropped out of school. Most people don't know. I straight dropped out of school and was like, hey, this is my decision, you know. Um, so I was lucky in that sense. But I'm also very stubborn, you know, just as a person in general, is that when I know I want to do something, there's nothing that's going to stand in my way. I mean, between being between me and my goal is probably the worst place you could be, you know, in the <laughs> in the world like if you're standing in between me and my goal it's just it's not a good place to stand so was it yeah. was it challenging for you because obviously like you you've set the bar high for yourself and obviously you're competing like you said against companies which might be more well known but essentially they're not offering the creative freedom for for talent um so you're definitely filling that space but do you feel like it was a challenge to be taken seriously initially and how did you kind of combat that Oh my God. Yeah. The, the, the serious aspect of it was, was what was key. It was, um, you know, being so young, you had to give a sense of professionalism. I mean, you're dealing with not, I mean, you're dealing with LV Sharp, some of the most beautiful women and beautiful people and some of the most egotistical people at the same time on the planet, you know, when you're dealing with talent, I mean, that comes down from athletes to, to actresses, to everything because you have to have a certain amount of ego to play a role and to, 
to achieve the goals that you guys have. So yes, being taken seriously was a huge deal for me when I was younger. Um, it, it, it really came from just putting in the groundwork, you know, being and showing that, you know, I was legitimately trying to grow. I was not in this game for, I wasn't treating it like a game. It was very, very serious to me, you know, um, walking my clients into auditions. You know, I started in film, you know, my first tap, my first client that I ever represent, her name was uh, Candace Damiani. She was an actress. And I, we walked her onto commercials. We walked her into, into films um, to show, you know, how consistent and who I really wanted to be. And I think that's what, I mean, people just eventually gravitated toward. You know, it was, um, it was always just business, you know, it was, and I kept it that way. There was never any crossover or anything like that. So it, it, that took time. And then on top of that, the branding aspect of it, branding your company, branding your name, you know, social media is great for that today. And that's where a lot of people are messing up is that they don't quite understand how to brand themselves and how to give a piece of themselves to the world without giving all of themselves to the world. You know, so giving that piece that matters most to other people, um, teaching what you know, you know, that's a big thing for me is as I continue to grow and learn different things, I'm always teaching other people, which most, most people don't understand is that they think it's just giving away your secrets. It's not, it's about actually putting yourself in a place to be looked at as a professor. You know, everybody looks at the professor as the person who has the knowledge and therefore there's always a respect there for them. So even when I wasn't the best agent on the planet and I didn't have all the resources I do now, I still made sure that I put myself in a, in, at the place of a professor so that my respect just came. Um, carry, it's all about how you carry yourself though. Though I do wear a sports cap with a business suit, people already, they knew that the business suit was me, you know, the sports cap was a branding, uh, a sport, a branding idea, you know, so that's, that's the idea. It's just about all about your, your presence and being truly dedicated to what you're trying to accomplish to your purpose, you know, and there's a lot of people in this industry who still don't know if music is or, or talent is their purpose. They're just there for the glam aspect of it. The idea of being called someone's manager or being called someone's agent, you know, it's a fun game. It really can be, it can be a fun game, but you can also mess up a lot of people's lives because it is someone else's purpose. So if you're not taking it as serious as they are, you're gonna find yourself getting a poor reputation. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, I think it's really important that you highlighted about kind of serving and educating along the way because that's such a good, uh, leader quality essentially and um, mm. I think I think definitely appreciated do you feel like there's the differences in opinion obviously with this but do you feel like the artists who maybe you represent as well in, in like multiple categories do you feel like they they don't do so well as artists who maybe are just focusing on one thing and by that I mean like essentially we're all gifted in multiple things but there's a lot of people right feel like if you don't focus on one thing and give that your all like you know you won't really achieve success like this should not be a plan b so what is your kind of opinion on 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 that sort of mindset oh man that's it and that's a tough one because i i believe definitely in the quote you know there is no plan b you know plan a is to i mean plan b is to help you accomplish plan a that is a hundred percent my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, but I don't live it. You know, I, I don't have necessarily plan B's. I have a lot of plan A's. So 
Um, as long as someone sees it like that, I think that that's the key. It's like when I, I went and got eight LLCs in one day that I mean, literally signed up eight different companies when one day, and I knew each of them all played a role in my plan A, my, my idea of having a conglomerate of companies, you know, whether it's my production company, the recording studio, the talent agency, they all needed their own individual focus to become successful, but they, uh, they, they all come to the pot, all the money, all the energy comes to the top of the pot, you know, or to the umbrella. And so if someone like you, like I have Marquette King, Marquette King is an NFL player, as well as an excellent EDM artist, you know, um, he's succeeding very well in both. I mean, right now working his way back into the NFL, but I mean, he's already played, you know, five, six plus years in, in the league. You know, he's made a lot of money doing that as well. You know, so, and his music, you know, hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners, he's succeeding in both because they're both his plan A. He can give them, they're, they're both a part of his passion. Not everyone can do it. So it's not to say that you shouldn't have, uh, that, you, that, you, that you can have multiple things that you're focusing on. Some people are not good at multitasking. Some people cannot see a bigger picture and they should focus on solely building up one thing first, getting it to a place of success and then diving into the next and getting it to the next, to the place of success. But there are people like your Marquette Kings, like me, like your, um, you know, you're always Sunnies. They have, they have multiple different passions that are, that they're, that they're pursuing and they can give them all their energy as needed to make sure it gets to where it needs to go. You know, if, if you can divide your budget and your time and your energy into four different things, and then also knowing how to delegate, you know, and delegate certain things. Marquette in his music career delegates a lot of stuff to me, to his engineer. He really does focus solely on making the music and allows us to handle his marketing, us to handle any, you know, to give him advice on any contracts or any ideas that might come by. You know, he really does do that. You have your artist who tries to focus on everything for themselves. They want to do their, their own music. They want to do their own editing, their own music video. When you're doing that, then it's very hard to divide yourself up to do something else as well. So it really just comes down to the person. I never try to knock a person who has multiple streams or multiple avenues of, of revenue that they're trying to create for themselves. But when I do, I will knock them if I see them slacking off in one of them. You know, uh, the dedication that it takes. You know, I'm 13 years single. You know, no girlfriends, you know, no, I've never tried drugs. I've never done, I've never, I don't, I've never tried alcohol. You know, my focus is probably on another level and I always feel like it can be better. You know, um, it, it's, it takes a, an extreme amount of dedication to build a conglomerate of companies or just to build one or two ideas that you have in your mind. So if you're not giving it your all, then you're going to, then one is going to succeed. If not all of them is going to fail, you know? So. Yeah. You yeah. highlighted an important point as well about like, I think support systems, because I think with delegation, like having different people who you trust obviously, and who are loyal and who are able to do that work to a high kind of standard. Um, that's obviously in sync with, with, with what you believe in as well. I think that's super important for you then, like, obviously you started young, who were, who were like your support system and, um, and, and how did that like contribute to the success that you have had? 
Oh man. Um, starting in the beginning, the one thing about me is I didn't have very much. You know, I didn't have I didn't have a strong support system. I mean, everybody did what they knew how to do based off of what they know. You know, my mom, she's not an entrepreneur. She doesn't know business. She doesn't, I mean, she knows business because she's a brilliant businesswoman. She worked for, she ran American Airlines for 10 years, you know, um, 10 plus years. And, you know, she's, she knows how to run someone else's company, but starting one from scratch, especially when she doesn't exactly know anything about entertainment or social media, it was very hard for her to support me. And um, so what we did is we, we, we butted heads a lot, you know, so, and at one point, I, you know, we, we basically went like our separate ways. I mean, she always wants, my mom wants what's best for me, 100%. She just thought that, you know, at the time I wasn't making the smartest decisions. You know, one of the biggest things she said to me was go get a real job, which I ignored, obviously. Um, you know, probably the, the biggest support that I had in the beginning was my grandfather. You know, he was the, one of the only people who was like, who were like, hey, you don't have a kid, you don't have a wife, you don't have a, a girlfriend, you have no one to support. Just keep grinding, you know? If you fail, it's on you. You know, you, you're not, you don't have a mouth to feed. So I have a very strong mentality of supporting myself. I don't ask for a lot of favors. I don't ask for a lot of handouts um, because I'm, I'm eight, um, you know, eight, almost nine years into a game where I wasn't given very much support. You know, no one patted me on my back saying I was doing a good job. I had to pat myself there, you know? So. It, it, takes, it takes some thick skin. It takes a lot of time and a lot of thick skin to, to build something without very much support. What, where support did kick in was probably about my fourth year of doing this, where um, my friends, you know, I, other people were starting to recognize me for, for my hustle and for what I wanted to do. And then that's when, you know, my Martin, my Martin Owens came in, my Sean Harpers. These are my, my business partners, people who believed in my vision and the idea with when I wasn't even, I, I barely had two nickels to rub together, you know? So these guys stepped in and they saw a vision and they, and we built our, our first office together. And then um, to bring in, you know, Martin's wife, Christine is a huge supporter, you know? And then eventually my family came around and they all started seeing, you know, okay, this guy might be doing something that's a little different. They still don't quite get it and understand it. But at the end of the day, you know, um, they finally came around. And now my, my best friend from California moved out here and he's, you know, a, a huge support, a huge piece of my life and, um, and what we're building together, you know, always encouraging me. And so um, I think I had to go through that, that kind of exile phase where I really had no one because it, it, it reminded me that I can do everything off my own fruition. You don't need outside fuel to become successful. I don't need your approval or anyone else's approval to become successful and bring my vision to life. All you need to do is keep moving forward and stay focused on yourself. All you have to do is know that you're your biggest supporter and fan. You know, an ego kicks in, of course. You use that ego muscle a lot to keep ramping yourself up when the world is telling you that, you know, you're not going to be successful or you're worried about not being successful. But yeah, I needed that. I needed that phase. The first couple of years was rough, you know, to really put my mind in that state. Um, and that's what also makes it easier when I go through partnership breakups, like I recently did with 3125, you know, it was tough to say like, okay, you know, we had built something there in this facility. And now, you know, after two years, I'm being the one, you know, I'm, I'm exiled again, 
but it reminds me that, hey, I could build anything. I can go build the same building if I need to and do everything I need to without anybody because I've done it before, you know? So, um, so that's, that's the, the true idea behind it. But um, yeah, it, it took a minute, you know, there actually, you know, another person was just Drew, uh, Drew, Drew Nolemeyer. Drew Nolemeyer was like, you know, I met him while working at Bank of America and this kid knew nothing about me from, from anything. He was just like, Hey, I just like your work ethic. And he, we did so much. I mean, that guy pulled out funds out of his 401k to make us successful, you know, and get to where we are. So um, it, it does, there's, there's, you have to first prove yourself to the world before you can just ask for support. You know, I think what's where entrepreneurs make the biggest mistake is you're asking people to support you when you're not even able to support yourself. You don't even have a clear idea of your own vision. On top of that, your product doesn't add value to the world yet. You know, so people are trying to sell t-shirts and saying, yeah, support me by buying my t-shirts. I say, no, make a cool looking t-shirt and I'll buy your t-shirt. I'm not going to just give you support for no reason, just to support you. That, that doesn't build you on a strong foundation. That's not firm. Support is not a firm foundation to build a business on build a business on a, on a valid product on a, on on purpose with a vision and then you can truly have the success that you deserve because people aren't just supporting you they're purchasing your service because they need it because they want it and regardless of you're attached to it or not they're going to buy it and so that's what it came down to and that's when I got Drew on board and they started to see okay this hustle is real you know, his product is real. His value is real. Let's add fuel to that fire so that we can give this person what he needs and be a, now a support system for him because he's real, you know, not just some dreamer, you know? So that's what it came yeah. down to. Yeah, I mean, you've said a lot of like amazing, amazing things uh, there, I think. Just the fact that, yeah, like I think it. we do need to humble ourselves, especially in like, this culture which is all kind of about projection as well and what we're showing on social media versus like the reality and not many people really want to talk about the hard times um and you know obviously there's people who also believe that they don't believe so much in the hustling culture they feel like they should not be so much striving when it comes to your purpose and what you're meant for like they feel mm -hmm. like you know if it's meant for you things should kind of flow easier as opposed to there being like you're up against a wall each time what is your opinion on that though because I, I mean I'm really torn because I feel like you can't just sit and you know nothing's gonna happen <laughs> if you just if you don't do anything right no it's a, um it's a balance between the two I, I do believe that, you know, you attract what you think about, your thoughts attract what you want, but that happens through people, circumstances, and events. You can't, I can't lay in my bed and hope that someone delivers me a client. You know, I have to be out and I have to be moving through the universe for things to, to become attached to me. There's a lot of situations that have happened to me that I didn't, I wasn't looking for. You know, uh, oh crap, you know, even it comes down to my partners, I just got slapped in the face with them. It wasn't something that I was ultimately looking for, um, like vocally, I wasn't telling everybody, hey, I need a new partner, I need somebody to invest, or I need this. I wasn't doing that. It was more so just me being me, moving through the community, moving through my life, 
um, with purpose. And that's it. Once you, once you determine that purpose and you know where you want to go, the universe kind of just opens up doors for you and all it. And then at that point, it's up to you to continue to flow. That's when you only need to do, all you need to do is continuously move. As long as you're consistently moving and things will then start finding themselves attached to you. So it's a blend of the two. It's a blend of this. And that's, and these new guys, these new entrepreneurs coming in have it wrong to say that, Oh, you know, the universe will deliver everything to me that I need. All I need to do is, you know, play video games. No, like that's not how it's going to happen. You have to, the universe will match kind of what you put in. That's how I look at it. It's like, if I'm putting in, if I'm running a hundred miles, the universe is going to come in and add a boost. That's going to give me a, a, another hundred, you know? So um, it, it's just how you, how you have to perceive it. But once I, I saw it as like, kind of like I play it like a game now, it's like, I see how much I can move, you know, how, how, how active can I be in the community? You know, if there's an opportunity where someone invited me out to something, I try to say no less. I, I start saying yes more. Let's put it that way. I try to say yes more rather than saying no, because you never know what's going to come from those circumstances. You never know. You have to understand that everything, success only comes through people, circumstances, and events. People, circumstances, and events. There's no other way that you're going to achieve your goal. You, it doesn't just come from me. The idea might come from me, but the building of that idea comes from the other people that are going to come from around, that come around me, you know? So that's, that's the, the, the key to it is stay moving, stay focused, keep your mind kind of pinpointed on that purpose and what you ultimately want to build. Getting a clear idea of what you want to build is, is also very critical. You know, um, uh, something that most, again, most people lack. All they know is they want a lot of money and a lot of money is definitely a clear idea, but, and, and you can release the how in certain situations, but I think that when you have the idea of a lot of money and, you know, a little bit of how, a little bit of purpose, knowing how you want to make that lot of money come, then you, you have a little bit more of a clear passion and a little bit more drive and the universe knows exactly a little bit better of how to direct you. But um, I mean, you can, there's a lot of people who are millionaires that had no idea how they were going to make a million. All they wanted to do was just make a million, but they, as long as you move through the universe, as long as you stay active, you give off good energy and you do what you need to do. I believe a hundred percent that things just click for you. They click for you in ways you just don't know how they click for you, but they do, you know, and, and that's it, you know? So um, it's really unique. The world is so powerful and, and this place is, if you don't look at it like, like you have to look at it as like a, uh, like a game, like it, it's not, it's not real, you know, it, it's, it's truly phenomenal. Like this is like a Harry Potter world. You know, we watch Harry Potter and we say, oh yeah, you know, it's so cool that they do magic, but truly like this world is magical. It's, there's, there's a lot of things that we just don't quite understand and to say that this is the, the universal law of attraction exists and that you can attract to you, you know, the, your, your future wife, your future, uh, the money, your kids, your cars, you can, you can truly attract, attract those things to you using your mind is, a, is, is crazy. That is some Harry Potter type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> but if you believe in it, 
and you walk in faith and you and you it really is real it's a real thing you know like the air is a real thing even though you can't quite see it mm -hmm. and uh when you look at the world that way the, the world opens up to you in a whole nother light and it's so much more fun it's more fun to be alive it's not so much pressure it's just it's just a fun place to be and death isn't as scary anymore either you know because you know that in this magical world there has to be some type of creation there has to be something that came along with it and so whatever comes after death must be even more magical you know so mm -hmm. that's how yeah. i see it yeah yeah I, I love that i can definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying um so for artists then what what do you feel can really set an artist apart especially artists who are under like unrepresented currently you know that then they're, they're kind of honing in on what they want to do but it's i mean it's highly competitive obviously and with with like mm -hmm. the, the demand right now of having kind of like some social media presence and putting your stuff out there like you're obviously competing with so many people so what in your opinion makes an artist kind of stand out um it's 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 honestly about how you touch people how are you reaching and connecting with other people you know uh if you can add personality and and purpose behind your music you can truly changed lives. Music has done so much for me in my life. There's times when, like I said, I had no support, but I could put on a song and feel like Fabulous or 50 Cent or Jay-Z was speaking to me. Like they were my support system when I didn't have any support system, you know, and they still are. They're still the first things that I listen to in the morning to get my mind right into what I need to go out and think about in this magical, purposeful world, you know? An artist has to understand that they are not that they're not just music. There's so much more. There's value behind them. I mean, like, look at you, you're, you're an actress and you host this podcast, this is dope. You know, there's so many other outlets to who you are, you know, and you have to show those. You have to be, able, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You know, to promote your music all day, every day is great. Oh yeah, go listen to my music, go listen. But what else is attached to that? You have to have some type of knowledge in here that you're able to share with the world that people can, uh, that can, they can gravitate to you for as well, outside of just music. So if you want to separate yourself, it's not about making better music. It's about being able to touch people more, about being able to intertwine yourself in their lives to where they feel some type of connectedness to who you are, to where in the end, they, they think about you on more than one level. I don't think most people just look at me as a business guy. I think they see me as funny. They might, you know, they, they know that I'm goofy. They know that I love Nerf Wars. They know that I love my, my family. Um, they, they, most people would see me as more than just the guy who owns several businesses. And they, they would see something else. At least I would hope so, because I share more of my knowledge and my personality than I do my business. And I allow that to, to raise flags to other people who are interested. And they can say, oh, I want to reach out, you know, I do very little advertising for myself as far as, you know, what I do, or I'm not even, I don't even consider myself a motivational speaker. I say I'm an anti-motivational speaker, you know? So it's just about how you are choosing to be perceived in the world. You know, I always tell my clients to, to think about what do you want to be said? What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? You know, um, you know, like Chadwick just died, you know, Bozeman, um, the Black Panther just passed away all the amazing things that people are saying about him. 
You know, there's no scandals that are coming out. There's no, oh my God, he had a kid. None of that. He really, while he was here, he focused on his purpose and he lived that purpose. You know, he, he truly wanted to be a certain person and he wanted, I don't know if he ever thought about like, what do people, what are people going to say about me when I die? But look at the amazing things people are saying about him. I don't have very much attachment to many celebrities, but that was one that when he passed, like it hurt, you know, I was like, oh, oh, what? Like he's the Black Panther. He's, you know, he's such a, you always see him as a humble spirit. And, um, and that's how I look at myself. That's, these are the thoughts that go through my mind with every interaction that I make with every single personal interaction. Now, what you see on the gram, yeah, you might say something different if you don't know me, but personally, you're gonna, if you're able to come close enough to smell my breath or just be on a one-on-one level, you're gonna get a different vibe than what you get on the gram um, and what you see. It's, you know, so you, these artists have to cultivate um, a relationship with individuals, you know, and that's where they're lacking. That's what they're missing is that there's, they're missing that relationship that with their fans. As, in, as, a, as a mainstream artist, Drake doesn't need a relationship with his individual fans. They, they've blown him up. They've put so much money behind him that people are going to, it's the awe, the awe. He's like in a godlike state, you know? Mm. So people are always going to look up to him for whether he's attractive, plus his music is good, all that good stuff. But when you're independent, you don't, you don't get that luxury. You know, you might get that luxury years down the line, but in the beginning, your 100 fans, they need to have a piece of you. Your 500 fans, your 1,000 fans, your 10,000, your 5,000 fans, they need to have something to attach to. You know, the, one of my favorite artists who I think have done, has done it best is, your Hop, is Hobson. You know, an independent artist who has a physical attachment to his fans. The, the fans, I'm one of them. I, he, he responds to his comments. He responds to his DMs. He did, um, he took like 500 of his fans or 100 of his fans or something like that to Six Flags. Paid for the whole trip for all of them, you know? Where's the attachment? He plays skate. I don't know if I'm going to say that, but after most of his concerts, he plays skate with them, which is like a skateboarding game, kind of like, uh, like, like horse for basketball. It's skate for, for skateboarders. He makes sure that he creates an attachment with his fans, and he did it so well, an excellent marketing tool, and he's brilliant with that. So I stole a piece of that and said, I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to do it in business. You know, um, and these artists are lacking that. Everybody wants to be famous and wants to pretend like they don't want to talk to the world, forget that. Take the hoodie off, take the sunglasses off, look people in their eye and truly connect with people and stop trying to be this person. Stop trying to be this person that you're ultimately not. You're here to make money and your music is here to touch people's lives. Make those two things come together. Stop trying to be something you're not. Stop trying to be a Drake. You're not a Drake. You're an independent artist you'll probably never make as much money as Drake. Let's be realistic. Of course, you might want to, but focus solely on the next level, the next level of getting from 100 fans to 500 fans, 500 fans to 1,000 fans. And if you incrementally build yourself up in that aspect of it, you can't fail. You can't lose. You might just become an independent version of Drake. You know? So that's the whole idea. Um, and, and artists need to level their playing field in the sense of instead of making Drake your competition when you're not looking for a record deal, then you need to make Hobson your competition, Futuristic, Dizzy Wright. You need to make those artists your competition and study how they built themselves up 
because they didn't do it with a major label push. They did it on their own. So that's what I would suggest more than yeah. anything. Yeah. Wow. I was I was gonna ask you about legacy, but you kind of you kind of answered it automatically <laughs> in that last part. But thank you so much, Christian, for coming on and and just having this chat and conversation. It's it's so great to hear a bit about your journey and um, yeah, wishing you the best for everything uh, everything thank ahead. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, I, this was amazing. I, I really enjoyed this. Well, that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I hope you tune in next week when I talk to another exceptional guest. As usual, every Sunday, we're continuing the series of Purpose, and I hope it thoroughly, thoroughly speaks to you. It affects you. I hope you're inspired to share the message with someone, and I hope that you have already subscribed to the podcast. If not, please go to www.unplugannie.com and you can find all the podcast links as well as other links and articles which may be of interest to you. You can also subscribe and receive the weekly email newsletter to your inbox and be part of the family in a more active way. Until next week.